Hello and welcome to River Talk, where we sit down with some of the Rivertown area's most notable and interesting people. Today we continue our conversation with Linda Puglisi, who has served the town of Portland as a councilwoman and supervisor for over 30 years. So you're a town supervisor, which is a full-time job. Yes. In a lot of towns, the top-level elected officials, mayors and council members, it's more of a voluntary position. Yeah. um, A town state charter, it doesn't have a town manager. It has an elected full-time town supervisor. If you cross the border to Connecticut, they call it a first selectman. But if you're a may in the mayor of village city uh, uh, format, the mayor is deemed to be part time, and then they have a city manager, or the village has a full time village manager. So it's different in a town. You sign up to be a town supervisor, you get elected, you are 24 seven. At least with me, it is. Yeah, in a lot of places, there's a mayor, and then there's a a manager, an executive, someone who does the sort of administrative work. With you, it's kind of everything all wrapped up in one. Yeah, we cut ribbons, we kiss all the babies, (laughs) we plan our capital projects, we do the budget with the town controller, and everything in between. Now, over the course of your career, you've had a lot of big accomplishments. What are some of the things you're particularly proud of? Well, personally, if I could say... My twins, my two children, they're my joy. So I am fortunate and blessed uh, to have my, my twins, my children, and my two grandchildren, my daughter-in-law, my son-in-law, and I have two sisters. So it's a, a really nice uh, family. It's a great family to be proud of. And then um, I also have a lot of interests. I love to read. I like to read history. Occasionally I'll read a little fiction. <laughs> and um, nature, I love the outdoors, and sports. I am a fanatic when it comes to watching sports. Maybe in my next life when I retire, I'll become a sports announcer. I really, I mean, I'm not kidding. And that emanates from my father. My father was an avid sports watcher, and so I have two sisters, and so I was the sister that would sit next to my dad and watch all the football games and all of that. So it's, in my family, it's just like legendary, you know. Dad and I used to sit, and I, at first I felt obligated. I felt so bad for him. Nobody was watching sports with him. But then I grew to love it, and he educated me. Both my parents were from Ohio. I was born in Ohio, by the way. And I was born in Canton, Ohio, where the Football Hall of Fame yeah, is. sure. So... Loving sports was nurtured with my dad, and then as I got older, I had my own interests in it. And you've carried that love of sports into your tenure with yes. the town? You've, yes. You've... Oh, thank you for asking that question. Yeah. I just love kids. So when I became supervisor, I wanted to build, construct more recreational facilities, uh, venues. And so we have done that over the 30 years, be it a playground or uh, be it a, a lacrosse field, soccer fields, youth center is something that I worked on with the town board members. And that's down by the Cortland train station, if you're familiar. And we have a director, an assistant director, and uh, it's, it's used all the time. In the pandemic, we have to limit how many children can go in there at one time. But that has just really uh, been a wonderful um, part of my life and being able to give back. 
Uh, we have a roller hockey rink and, you know, all those good things. I'm hoping that a private developer can bring in an indoor ice skating rink. I always said someplace in the town we need one. So we have a prospect right now of that may happen. The town pool, I had a couple ideas of having a water spray park. So that's built inside the pool. Miniature golf, nine hole miniature golf is there. We just redid our tennis courts. We're going to build an outdoor basketball court before I leave. And so that's a beautiful campus, our town uh, pool, which is named after a former town supervisor, Charles Cook. Back in the 1970s, he acquired the property where the pool is located. So that's that has been a big part of it. I mentioned veterans. Uh, we have a wonderful veteran ceremonies. William Nazario is the chair of the Veterans Committee. He's a Vietnam veteran, just a terrific gentleman. And we have a Veterans Committee. They meet every month when there's not a pandemic, of course. We have speakers, and we do everything we can to help them. The VA hospital is in the town of Cortland in the hamlet of Montrose, and they were going to close down and reduce the size of the, of the VA facility. Willie, myself, all the other veterans, town board members on the front lawn, we used to have uh, press conferences. You know, they're not going to do this to our veterans. So we have been successful in keeping it the same size, if not increasing the services. And I love going into the VA because we still have some Vietnam veterans, maybe one or two World War II veterans that live there. I typically go in on Valentine's Day and hand out Valentines, and it's just wonderful. It makes me think of my father, of course, Christian. So it's been an evolution and a journey. And some of the other things that I'm really proud of, if I may, the Cortland train station was one of my pet projects when I first became supervisor. So with our town attorney, Tom Wood, we would go down to New York City to Metro North to lobby for them to close down two very small, outdated platforms. And so they did, and they built this lovely Cortland train station in two phases. One is down in the lower level, one's up in the upper level. We have a lot of commuters in our town, so that was really a home run. And then when people ask me, what are you most proud of? You know, I can recite the town hall, the Cortland train station, the Cortland town center, shopping center, water tanks, uh, drainage projects, paving roads, uh, youth center, all of those wonderful things. But the first two things that I say, 911 and advanced life support, paramedics. We did not have those two services before I became su supervisor. So we worked on that in the 1990s. And those, they're just unbelievable services and the people that are the paramedics and the EMTs and all the emergency services that we have in our town. They're heroes. Pandemic, they're on the front line. So, um, I'm so proud that we were able to provide that. People, you know, I'm not going to say they take it for granted, but they don't know that we didn't always have that. And, of course, our hospital has now expanded. The New York Presbyterian uh, Hospital bought it, and the hospital was top-notch, so we're lucky to have that here. And we do have a lot of uh, shopping centers now, which are great for tax revenue and jobs. But we also have 200 phenomenal, terrific small businesses and they are the foundation of our economy. You know, the delis, 
the restaurants, the small insurance brokers, the uh, small companies, the little stores. I mean, they are phenomenal. I love them. And we honor them. The month of May is the, you know, shop local. But I always say shop local every day, every day. And history and the cultural aspects of the town are important. My dad was a history teacher, professor, so history was instilled in me at a young age. So the toll house, when you're coming over the Bear Mountain Bridge, that toll house, Mm -hmm. that was one of my projects that I worked on with former Governor George Pataki. And he he was able to find a grant to have that restored. It's a historic structure. It was built in 1924 when the bridge was built by the Harriman family. So there was actually like a, a toll booth there and you had to pay something like 85 cents in those days. So you had to be fairly well to do to cross the Harriman Bridge, you know. <laughs> the history is really critical. And then just one story about the cultural aspects of the town. Aaron Copeland, who was one of our most foremost American composers, lived his last 30 years of his long 90-year life in the town of Cortland. And when he passed away, he didn't have any children, but he had an estate. And they were going to sell his house, his house where he had lived. And he had Leonard Bernstein, his good friend, come up there. And many other uh, composers and musicians come up to this house that he lived in. And it's nestled in the woods in the central part of town. It's on three acres, beautiful. And his desk that he used is still there. So it's preserved we were able to get that house deeded to the town for $1 from the estate. Then a foundation was established, and we deeded it to the uh, foundation. And so now composers can go and they can stay there for a few weeks. The spirit of Aaron Copeland is around them, and then they can write their masterpieces. So I'm really proud of the fact that I've touched the cultural, the music, the history, veterans, recreation, nature. We have a lot of nature trails. And then when you talk about nature, you talk about the beautiful, majestic Hudson River. And we have a lot of town-owned land on the Hudson River. We have some parks, and uh, we're going to do more. Wow. So let me ask, you've spent most of your life here in Cortland. You've raised your family here. You've served the community for 30-plus years. What are some of your favorite places in the town? Um, Well, the Cortland Town Hall. Sure, it's inside sure. of me. Yeah. It's in my DNA. <laughs> I was the first supervisor here. I've worked here for 30 years. Yeah. It's in my DNA. So whoever the next supervisor is, I'll be popping in. Do you have any questions? I'll, I'll love to answer them for you. You know, so. Okay. But then um, just going around, one of the things that I, I have loved to do all these many years, couldn't do it this year because a lot of the events were canceled, Christian, But I have loved going to the fire department's parades, the senior citizen luncheons, the historical society's functions, the veterans' events, homeowner associations. It's in my blood and my DNA also. So I've loved meeting with homeowners, and that has been really terrific. And then I've told you how much I love children and going... um, to throw out the first ball at the opening day of Little League. I have many of them in my office, by the way. Oh, wow. With the dirt marks on them (laughs) from when I threw them into the dirt. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, 
I have uh, loved all of that. So you'll be retiring at the end of the year, and you're obviously like a shark. If you stop swimming, that's it. You've got to keep swimming. So what does retirement look like for Linda Puglisi, uh, someone who's always got to have something, if not several things, on their plate? I, I knew you were going to ask me that question, <laughs> and it really is a, it's a hard... I'm not a person that has said, oh, I can't wait for my retirement. I'm going to do A, B, and C. I'm going to travel. I'm going to do this. That's not me. I've, I always tell my kids I've been working since I've been 14 in a bakery. <laughs> and so um, I would be available to maybe a part-time, you know, advisory capacity and lo- whatever level of government or I feel I still have a lot to offer. I don't see myself running for election again in the, in the future. I think I said to you before, I'd love to write some of these books for students, high school students, I think, would be really interested in learning how do you become an elected official? When you become elected, what do you do? Well, you don't have to be elected. You can be appointed. You can be on a planning board, a zoning board, on a recreation board, you know. So I want to educate them so they think about these things as they become adults, that they can get involved. And I think that uh, students' children should learn those things at a younger age, as opposed to my case, as I told you, homeowner president, upset about an issue, stormed down to town hall and ran for office to save the world, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I have some outlines of books that maybe I'll be writing in my future about some of my experience as a town supervisor. You know, one would be fiction, one would <laughs> to protect the names. Sure, sure. Wow. <laughs> One would be nonfiction. And so those are things that we could turn it into a sitcom. I don't know. <laughs> you brought up the importance of civics education. So many people, especially young people, feel very disconnected from and, and cynical about their government. And, and I, I don't want them, you know, like when I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm very careful uh, with young people. They come in, but sometimes they will raise the question. Well, you know, Linda, I love that. I want them to call me Linda. That's fine with me. I love it. We're friends, you know. And so they say, you know, Linda, you know, everybody is fighting without mentioning any names. You know, they're fighting. And, you know, I said, yes, but it doesn't have to be that way. So I kind of like uh, try to instill that into our, our young people today. And, of course, I, you know, I want to be with my family as, as much time as they have. <laughs> Being a doctor and a lawyer and a, a parent, you know, uh, it's, it's tough, but uh, they'll squeeze in time for me, I'm sure. But I will be there for them, and I would do anything from, for them. They know that. Uh, traveling, um, I don't know if I really want to get on a plane and fly all over the place, especially in today's world with the pandemics and viruses that we have to be concerned with. I'm a person that likes to get in the car, drive up to New England. I am a Cape Cod baby. <laughs> as a young person, as a parent, as a grandparent, you know, I just love the beauty of Cape Cod and New England, Rhode Island. So I'll be spending some time in those areas uh, in the future. And speaking of scenic places, right here in the Hudson Valley, there's tons of beautiful I know. Scenery. I mean, and I always say this uh, when I give uh, little talks, I always say, you know, if I'm 
going to see my sister and she lives in Rockland County or if I'm going somewhere else to see friends. I love it when I come back to Cortland. You cross over the Bear Mountain Bridge, you come up the Taconic, you come back because I always like to say Cortland is not a place, it's home. Well, that's a very good way to wrap things up. Uh, We've had a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Absolutely. And the people in our community are the best. They are great. Well, Linda, thank you so much. Thank you, Christian. It's been fun. River Talk is a production of River Towns Media, publisher of River Journal and River Journal North. For more information, check out riverjournalonline.com slash rivertalk. Do you know someone from the area who would make a great guest on our show? Let us know at rivertalk at rivertownsmedia.com. River Talk is executive produced by Alan Begun and Bruce Apar of River Towns Media. I'm Christian Larson, and we'll see you next time.